If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Highway to Health. I'm Jeremy Quinby. This is episode 118 of the podcast. If you're new to the show, I want to welcome you. Highway to Health is your place for trusted health guidance and support. Whether you're looking to improve your health or just seeking ways to stay well, we're here for you. This growing community is on a mission to improve our state of being and experience together on the planet. And if you love the resource you get here at Highway to Health, I have a favor to ask. If you haven't left a review of the show, could you please pause here on the app that you're listening to and write a few words about why you listen, maybe about your favorite episode, or perhaps something that you've learned that's improved your life. Doing this small act might help somebody find the resource that they need today. I appreciate all the ways that you support the show. This episode you're about to hear is one of my favorites to date. Karen Weinmuller is my guest for today's show. She's a Gestalt and EMDR therapist practicing in New York City. We've known each other for more than a decade, and this is her third time on the show. From what I've gathered from all of you who are regular listeners, she's someone that you trust and love to hear from. Our emotions create color, texture, and dimension in our lives. We chase certain emotions like joy and love and aim to avoid emotions like sadness and anger. Being ruled by them is exhausting and leaves us feeling fearful and out of control, and being numb to them leaves us feeling dull and depleted. They influence, motivate, distract, and enliven us, and yet we don't spend much time learning about them, and oftentimes struggle to identify them as we're experiencing them. When Karen suggested exploring their value as a topic for a show, I jumped at the opportunity, and I learned so much going through this with her. I hope you do too. Please enjoy my conversation with my dear friend and colleague, Karen Weidenmuller. So I just want to thank you for coming back to do this again because I, I don't I think I've talked to you a little bit about this, but I, I think some of these these episodes I've done with you have been the most listened to and the most re-listened to because I think there's a lot going on, particularly the last couple of years that people are, you know, in need of kind of reminders of to, to reprocess. Right. right. Well, and the mental health, right? It's it's so important, especially these days. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so has your has your practice changed at all over the over the last two years? I think it 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 has in some ways, and then also not at all. Right? I I'm noticing people are more activated in general, and I think that is because of the increase in terms of news, upsetting news, right? Yeah. The the repetitious nature of it, and that we're all a little amped up. I think yeah. you know already. Um, feeling at the edge and then there is consistently more yeah so it feels like i'm doing a lot in my practice to help regulate um people and you know teaching more and more skills of how to do this yeah i'm actually working on a course right now for more 
groups of people so that we can teach more skills that everybody can use in their daily life because I think it's it's really necessary yeah. that we, you know, like you take a shower, you have a few exercises that you do when you feel, okay, I need to, I need to clean out a bit here. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think at any time, I mean, we're, we're always going through these ups and downs as far as what's going on culturally, what we're going on, what's going on with us personally. Right. And, and from time to time, I, I, I think there's this swirl with going on with people where they start to think things are getting worse and worse and worse. Mm. But I think we can look back historically and see some pretty bad times right. in history. And so it's, you know, it's Absolutely. some of it is identifying like, what is, the, what is your narrative and absolutely right and that's why the regulating is so important because otherwise the nervous system is activated and it will look at everything as this is bad it's getting worse everything's negative and it's not really true yeah right so right. that's why it's really important to consistently regulate so that you don't lose perspective yeah and can also see okay so there's also good stuff here is where i have some impact and um to balance it out yeah do you, do you yeah. find during these more challenging time periods that people dig in a little bit more to their mental health work and emotional health work, or or, or yes. is it is it is it harder to to process during these kinds of times? I think yes and no. So for some people, right, there is a lot of we're more stabilizing and regulating, and for some people, it brings up stuff, and they're saying, so now I need to address this. So I don't think yeah. there is. Yeah. is a general answer to that, but oftentimes, you know, when things are really up. We also go to our distracting kind of ways, and yeah, it's not the right. time where we want to work on things, right? And for some people, it's like, okay, I had enough. I need to look at this right now. Yeah. So, it's both. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the things that that you and I have been discussing is is emotions in all of this, and I, you know, mm -hmm. because part of my work, as you know, is is dealing with the somato emotional experience, which is right. like how this stuff ends up sort of embedding within our within our bodies and how we store this information in our nervous systems and that our nervous systems are are our full body. And right. I think a lot of times people really think about, you know, the brain being the container of of everything, right? right? Yeah. But but as you know, <laughs> you know, right. we and and you see it when you're when you're, you know, talking to people, the way they sort of gesture and hold on to places you know, on their bodies, it's because they're feeling things actually in their bodies. Right. And, you know, in my right. work, as you know, I, I, tr I try to get some identification of where in your body you actually feel some of those things. Right. So, so maybe, you know, one of the things I think that, that could be helpful for a lot of people, and I, and I do this in, in my practice, but I think we can kind of get to this um, sort of verbally so that people can, can understand this a little bit better too, is, you know, what are emotions in the first place? I think th that's one of those things that can be very confusing because we can, you know, think that a mood is an emotion or, you know, right. a, a just, just to, you know, some basic needs are, 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 are trying to be met and that's part of your emotional life. But what's, what's the definition of, of emotions? Right. So emotions basically means it's, it's a psychological state. It has, everybody has a subjective experience of it. Mm -hmm. There's a physiological component of it, right? That we feel it in our bodies. Yeah. And then there's also an expression of it, if we were allowed to express it, right. or a behavior that comes out of it, right? And this is where I think emotions are so powerful because they point to what's going on inside of us, so our experience. And they tell us what's going on and what we might need. Yeah. And then also it they it gives us the energy to then act on it if there is something to act on, right? Yeah. Not always 
is there a, a need to then act on something? But oftentimes there is, and then we have the energy to do it. Yeah, I, so I like the, that part about the energy. That, that I've never heard anybody yeah. say it from that point, but that is really like we. It is. It, I mean, it is our just source. think about think about the last time you were angry and right. the the amount of energy. Again, if you allow, if you've been allowed to experience it. So, and and I think you and I come in oftentimes when people have gotten more stuck. Yeah. Right, so the pain in the neck, right. <laughs> or right, all these yeah. expressions that we have where things get stuck, and where we can then just start feeling a bit more into them, into the sensation of mm -hmm. it, the physiological yeah. uh, aspect of it, where we feel something, but also often where we not. Yeah, right, because the numbing out is just a, a, another response of um, suppressing it. Yeah. or not wanting to feel it. Yeah. And that's oftentimes also an interesting place to look at where do you not feel anything? So right. where you feel something and where you not feel something. Yes, yeah, that's that's right. good. Yeah. And then, right. and then there are emotions that we that you consider to be like primary emotions and right. kind of secondary emotions. So explain, yes. explain the difference between those. Yeah, so, you know, emotions, if you have a real emotion, they're usually quite fast. Like right. a minute, yeah, yeah. a minute and a half, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's a waveform to it and it comes up and then it can subside. And so those are more the primary emotions like fear, sadness, anger, shame, right. if it's for a moment, right? And, and they come and they go yeah. if we're in the flow, so to speak. The secondary emotions are more what we feel about what we feel. So it's basically the meta level. And oftentimes mm -hmm. it's, for example, a very common combo is, so I feel angry, for example, mm -hmm. but I'm afraid to feel the anger. So I'm shutting that anger down and I'm with the fear. Uh, or yeah. the other way around, I actually feel fear and I go into my fight mode and then the anger comes in to help me get out of the fear. Yeah. Right? Or anger and sadness. Right. Oftentimes, you know, from myself growing up, oftentimes I didn't feel anger was really safe, so I would go to sadness. Right. And I had to really practice getting, allowing the sensations of anger in my body and actually feel and enjoy the power that it, that it gives me without acting it out. It's just, right. Ooh, okay, so something's not okay. I need to speak up here. Mm -hmm. Right? And depending on your family culture and the bigger culture, depending on what community you grew up in, whether anger, for example, is allowed to be expressed or not, yeah. um, it's you're supported in it or not. Yeah. And and it's right. and, and in the workplace and in you know even even in a lot of different you know extracurricular activities that we do, anger is not something that we, we feel comfortable expressing. And, no, and, and, we don't that, have good examples either. Right, right, right. And and you know there there are some been some teachers that I've had in my work who have been really good at at actually responding with the with the anger emotion and then right. saying and then explaining why why this you know bothers them or you know why why it caused that emotion for them and even apologizing if it's an, if it feels like an overreaction in a situation and, and that's right. one of those things but but there are times when we do have to just simply identify the anger right there's there are moments that Absolutely. we can do this and, and and use this and not use this yes and you know we also need to again there's a cultural component there's a racial component for a lot of Folks, yeah. expressing anger is not safe. Yeah. 
right? And and growing up in a family where that's not safe, also, right? Not just a bigger bigger society, but if it's not safe in your family, you push it away, right? Even for women, yeah. I mean, for for totally. years yeah. and years, I mean that that anger would basically be taken as I mean, it still it gets used this way, but that would that would be you know labeled hysteria, and you could you could actually get put Absolutely. away for it. Absolutely, right, exactly, right, and and I think there's also something about the same similar thing happens with sadness, mm-hmm. that that's also something. It's like we 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 don't want that, yeah. right? I mean, whether it goes from you have three days of uh, bereavement after someone dies and then you're done with your sadness. Um, <clears throat> or, you know, these old things, boys don't cry. There's really lots of right. people in, in my practice where that belief is very strongly there. Yeah. And, and, they need, and they need space for it. And I think, you know, even the arts have right. become, I think, you know, arts and music and stuff have become a place where people are able to express some of those things safely. Right. right. Well, that's why music and art, I think, is so important. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, do you, absolutely. Do you, do you, I know you have a little bit of that in your background. Do you, do you bring that into your practice at all? Or do you talk to people about that, you know, if they have that? Yeah, so we, we, I, I like to look at what, how do people express themselves, right? Because emotion really is about expressing. Yeah. Let's say you're really sad. And if we then can cry or sob, um, it, it is a release. You're right. Right. And, and that's the energy builds up and then there's also a way how we can express it. And then also, though, the importance of the emotions, too, is how do we connect? Right. It helps us connect with ourselves, but it also helps us connect with others. Right. When we see someone who has an emotion, we're drawn in usually. Right. It's like, so what what you know, how can I maybe support you or whatever it is? Right. Or can I just be with you? There is something that connects us around it. And the same thing then with with art. So mm-hmm. I try to see, so is someone interested in poetry? So do they want to write about this? Yeah. For example, do, you, do they write a poem about it? Or uh, do they want to draw? Do they yeah. want to paint something? Right? Or what helps you when you're sad? I listen to this particular kind of music. Mm-hmm. This, I listen to this song over and over and then I feel better. Right. 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 So it doesn't always have to be that you do it. It's also appreciating it. Yeah. But it's connecting with beyond words basically right because the emotions they are so physical right yeah and and, and yeah that's and, and, and a lot of people have some of those outlets or they have yes. something that they can right. identify but when when you and I started talking about doing this podcast we started kind of framing it from the point of view of what is what is the emotions value you know yes. and, I, and i think right. when just kind of looking through some of the stuff you gave me um, like when it comes to anger, say, yes. is is that there, you know, it has w- w- its purpose kind of almost ends up being slightly its opposite in some ways. Like when it comes to anger, anger is not necessarily just this negative emotion that we have. It's about asserting yes. yourself. It's about setting boundaries. Right. It's about, you know, feeling empowered to, you know, right. to, to express yourself in that way, which is, you know, it's not, and, and even just like allowing the communication to happen, which is it's not, not the way we would think about anger sometimes. <laughs> we would just think it's That's just right. purely yeah. negative. Right. And and I don't like the actually positive or negative. Right. I try not to use that yeah. because, as you just said, there's a purpose to every emotion. Right. And actually, um, you know, I, I like to look at it. We could describe it as pleasant and unpleasant, maybe. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Or we could look at so the 
more what we call positive, like joy and love and, and uh, all the, you know, their big containers for other experiences like gratefulness, for example, right, or bliss or whatever. Right. We call those positive. It's though more because we're met when we're having those experiences. Our needs are met usually, and that's mm. why they feel good. And the other emotions point a bit more to the needs that are not met. Yeah. So anger is oftentimes about injustice right. or a boundary has been crossed and I need to reestablish it and it gives me the energy to do that. Though if I use that, and again, I want to bring it back into relationship because I think they're, they're actually connectors in relationship. Right, right. I remember the, the first time I was fully able to express my anger in relationship with my partner and he was present and could receive it. So intimate. Right, the closeness right. of that, right? You would think anger is, you know, we're separating and sometimes that is part of the purpose is to say, uh-uh until here and not further. And right. sometimes, so it's also, if it's really, um, if someone can be present with you in that experience, it's like super intimate and right. it, it connects and bonds us together. Yeah. And sometimes there has to be, you have to allow space for that other person Absolutely. To, to process yeah. too. And, and and there can be an right. intimacy there just in being, in being patient yes. and, and sort of waiting for, you know, the, yes. the, the proper response from that person too. Right. Well, that's what we hopefully do with kids. Right. Right. That they get emotionally a little bit more intelligent <laughs> than we've been raised <laughs> is to allow we them hope. the space to really process and, and actually hold them in that. Yeah. Right. Because it is scary when there is a wave of anger coming up or a wave of shame or, or a wave of sadness. It can feel very overwhelming. And so if you then can be present with the person, you create a bigger space to to hold that together right. and to allow it then to move through and you're impacted. Yeah. Of course, yeah. that's the purpose of it, right? Yeah. Otherwise we're not affected. Right. And so, and so with, with, with these, you, you often say that there's, there's kind of a need or want, right? That's, yes, that's, that's right. not being met. And, and that is kind of the, the heart of the emotion a, a lot of yes. times, right? Right. Right. I mean, that's, that's at least, at least my experience in, in working with people. For example, I explored the other day with a woman she was uh, thinking about having a baby or not, and she had all these feelings and she didn't know how to approach it. Mm -hmm. And so I said, why don't we look at all the feelings that you're having and just see what they're telling you? So there's a gestalt um, technique, so to speak, where you say, so if you give that feeling or that emotion a voice, what does it say? Mm -hmm. So we looked at, for example, so first she was really afraid. Okay. So what are you afraid about? If you give feel the fear in your body. So she located the fear in her belly mm -hmm. and then she gave that a voice and it was clear. It's like, I would be doing this by myself. I'm really scared that I would be overwhelmed and not be able to take care of me and my baby. Right. Right. So, and that pointed to, well, she needs support, right? Yeah. If she right. wants to do this, she needs support. And that was really helpful because then the fear wasn't this, amorphous thing right but it was really clear oh this is what this is about and yeah. there were some some more fears in there but then she could do something about yeah that, right yeah. and then we looked at okay i'm also feeling ashamed what's the shame about well i don't have a partner i'm doing this by myself so mm -hmm. then we could look at what you know does that part need anything that feels ashamed yeah. or is it enough to acknowledge it but this is where it then gets interesting. The first thing is you acknowledge it and identify what it is. And then you see, is there anything we need to do with it? Yeah. 
or is it really enough to just, okay, oh, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is. Okay. I don't need anything around that. Or, yeah, I do need something around that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And, and, one of the things it's it's interesting. It reminds me a little bit of I, I don't know if I told you this story or not before, but I took an improv class when I was when I was starting to prepare, thinking about doing this podcast. Uh-huh. I think I had already recorded a couple and was like, okay, right. this, yeah. this is this is maybe a little <laughs> beyond my scope. But I thought I'm going to explore and and try this. And a friend of mine talked me into mm-hmm. doing it with him. And um, so one of the things that they that they do in in you know in you know the, we everybody knows the yes and kind right. of a part of, of, of improv, but, but there's, a, there's another part where you have, to, you have to make a declaration. If you're in a scene with someone, you know, uh-huh. you can kind of be riffing back and forth, but at some point you have to make some kind of declara- declaration, which is like an, I think, I need, I feel, I want. And, 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 and it really made yeah. me think about like the nature of, I mean, it's, it's our relationship with ourselves, but it's also our yes. relationship to everyone and everything else that yes. if, we're not, right. if we're not saying, that thing, we don't yeah. really give anything, any anybody else, anything to play off of, and and totally, I, and, exactly, and it yeah. feels very much like what you're talking about. Totally, I think that's exactly it, right? And it's it's the there's a want, oftentimes, not just a need, yeah, right. And and if you look at babies or little kids, they go with it. Yeah, they just they reach for it. They don't have words yet, but oftentimes we don't do that anymore because so often we get literally or figuratively right. slapped on the wrist right. for wanting something, right? And this is where the emotions that they'll come in. It's just just allow it. Right. Yeah. Again, I'm not talking about acting out or hurting someone. It's can I feel that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or is there a lot of secondary fear? Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. Let, so let's go back through this. Let's let's maybe right. kind of track down. You yeah. gave you gave me a kind of a list of things here. A so list, I'm, yeah. I'm, right. I'm 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 interested in going back to the primary ones and then yes. maybe sort of understanding what's what's below those or what tends to be sort of part of part of those as far as secondary yes. is concerned. So right. the, the the main I'll I'll kind of go through them and you know just as a list here and then we'll kind of go through. So disgust, surprise, fear, anger, sadness, joy, compassion, or and, and love. Yes. And, and shame are kind mm-hmm. of what are considered primary. So, so right. Well, again, there's different systems. Okay. Right? Okay. So okay. some people consider five of them primary. Some people say it's uh, eight. Okay. Some people okay. say it's twelve. <clears throat> but you could pose. There's a. There's actually a really interesting. Um, it's called the feelings wheel. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen this before. So we could maybe post this. Okay. Where, where it's really interesting because you yeah, get different nuances nuances to the feelings so it's for example not just angry but aggravated mm-hmm. or annoyed those have different flavors and it's really yeah, right. fun to actually look at this thing and to see what fits right now yeah right and also explore so how am i sensing this because it's all based on the sensation so if i'm teary for example it doesn't tell me yet just looking at the feeling into the tears doesn't say anything whether i'm angry or sad or afraid or ashamed, I need more, more information, right? And that just helps to become more clear what that, what that is. But I consider the core emotions really fear, anger, sadness, joy, love, and shame. Okay. And shame is a bit of a trickier one because oftentimes we experience shame more as a state Mm. and not as an emotion. So I, and what I mean by that is that 
we can get caught up in feeling bad about ourselves for hours or days, right? And that's then more of a state that's not an emotion. An emotion is really more a quick hit of something. So yeah. when I feel ashamed, for example, it helps me look at what I did, what did I just do? Yeah. Then I need to reflect on it. I might feel a lot of heat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Can I observe that coming up? A lot of heat. What did I just do? And then you review it and then you can see, okay, oh, that wasn't cool. So do I need to do something about this? Yeah, I need to apologize. Yes. Okay. All right. Right. So that's an emotion. But if I feel bad about myself now for days about this, then then we're in a state and staying in these states is really not helpful. And, and shame can be one of those states that sort of shame you know, can be one of it's, those. It states. starts it starts yeah. in childhood, and you don't realize exactly. that it's sort of related to all, a lot of different kinds of things. Exactly right, and and then it becomes more of a almost like a filter through that you experience everything. Right, right. And that's not an emotion, right? But there are specific ways of how to work with that to be to make that again more into an emotional experience with the so that the energy can get moving again and you don't get stuck in it right right and so yeah think, but that's not an emotion and, and yeah. guilt could be another one of those or guilt jealousy more, yeah, or right Th- those I, I mean some people say it is a primary emotion and and you know we can go both ways i find it more interesting to look at what is actually in the guilt for example mm-hmm. and so in guilt for me there's oftentimes when i look at my own experience of guilt I'm angry about something, there is sadness in there, and there's oftentimes fear in there. And if I can then see, okay, I'm afraid, afraid of what? It gives me, again, a direction of what I need to do. And oftentimes, guilt is about, I'm not clear about responsibility. Mm. I'm not clear on whose responsibility this is right now, right? So if I'm, let's say, feeling guilty because I haven't visited my parents, that's a, a popular one with the Younger adults, yeah. I feel guilty. I haven't called my parents in a while. Right. Right. And so then we we'll look at what what is in the guilt. You oftentimes there is a part that's almost angry at them because they feel like they have to. And then we can explore: is that really true that you have to call your parents? Mm-hmm. Where is that part coming from? When did you feel like you've taken on that responsibility? Yeah. What is your responsibility? Right. So the the guilt is interesting because it's more complex. There's yeah. The way I see it, several emotions in there. But if right. we can then tease those apart, again, it gives us a way forward in terms of, all right, what do I need to do about this? Yeah. And it's it's, it's interesting. It feels a lot like, though, like this this idea of a state. Like, I think certain yes, th- certain things exactly. are much more passing, like fear, joy. Exactly. They, exactly. You know, we, they kind of they hit us and pass a lot of times. And right. they, they may be underlying, but... But I, I think people can, like as you were saying, like they become the glasses you you see through. If they're, if you know, every if, if you have this guilt about, you know, whatever de- decisions you make, or you know, the uh, like again, it probably came from some stuff that happened when you were younger. But and and this right. and the same with with shame. But but then understanding, you know, that those just those specifics of of what the what it is about right now, as you like to do. And exactly. Instead of saying exactly. like, well, it's because, you know, and it's easy to blame like a parent or, of you know, a, right. a, a person in high school who, you know, did something to you or whatever. But a lot of times right. it's it's actually much more like just happening right now so that you can separate right. that shame from, you know, the underlying state. 
Right. And I mean, that's an interesting example, right? Because you can then look at the blame as anger, mm -hmm. as a secondary emotion, because right now I'm feeling shame. So I'd rather blame someone else so that I don't need to feel that. Right. Right. And so, um, and, and oftentimes too is, is um, like you said, it's, there's just a blip and then mm -hmm. we're so used to, mm, right, not, not expressing it or not feeling into it or getting distracted. And, and it's really about, can I feel that? It, it will pass. Yeah. Can I just feel that? And I, I love the distinction you just made. That was a really great way of saying it. Yeah. Where does where does melancholy fit into things? Is, I've been thinking. I've, I've heard yeah. a conversation about it not too long ago on NPR, and then I and I would I had already been kind of thinking about it as a as something that I used to. I feel like I've been kind of leaning into it lately again. With and it, sometimes it's it's like the music choice that I, mm -hmm. I kind of right. and it's 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 right. almost like a, it, it's more of a mood. It feels like that I kind of want to yes. be. And I know melancholia means like you know that you're you know feeling kind of horrible for long periods of time like there's a deep sadness and, and gloom right. but but i sometimes thought of, of melancholy as as being like a place that i would like to visit once in a while like there are certain movies mm -hmm. that kind of make me feel that 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 place for for a period of time and right. it's, it's almost like a, a it's like a neutral place of processing a little bit it feels like i, I can sit yeah. with something that might be a sadness but I almost kind of like being in it a little bit, you know? And I think when I was younger, yes. that was a place I liked to go a lot. Yeah. And then I feel like I haven't done that much at all yeah. with the <laughs> busy state <laughs> of my life. But right. I, maybe, I've, maybe I've just had some more time for it lately, but I just, I, I kind of forgot about that, that feeling a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and, and as you're describing it, I can, I've, I can sense it. I think I was in there for quite some time, 16, 17, 18. Yeah beginning 20s, College right? And I bit, do yeah. think, yeah, but I do think it is that time where we start reflecting more, right? Mm. The, the purpose of adolescence is really establishing our own value system yeah. and what's important. And sadness, oftentimes, it, it tells us what's important to me. And and the melancholy, I think, just gives us a maybe a a place to explore that sadness and maybe get in touch with the tenderness of it. And also, though, sadness, the purpose is to let go. Yeah, right? yeah, that's And so there's a, little, there's a little bit of, okay, I'll hang out there for a while. And it's like, okay, so maybe it's time to let that go, right? And this is how we grow. Yeah. This is how we deepen with when, we, when we're really in touch with grief. And we have so much to grieve about on a daily basis, right, actually, that right. we're oftentimes not in touch with. One of my teachers used to say the actually 80% of life is actually loss, right, mm. or grief. That constantly, right, the kids are getting older and this phase is gone, there's a loss. We're losing abilities, there's a loss. Yeah. We move, there's a loss. So the loss is really a big part of life. And I think that that melancholia maybe helps us acknowledge that yeah. and gives us the space to process what we need to process. And then, then yeah move on from it. And I was even kind of wondering if there are time, you know, as we get older, if that's a harder place to be because, you know, mm -hmm. that that sadness might scare you or that 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 loss, right. those all those losses might start right. to rather than, you know, doing the gratitude work with it, you know, which which is like yes. right. look at look at all look at the fabric of everything that's been my life. It's pretty amazing even if there's right. been some hard things. Right. 
Well, and without the loss, we also don't appreciate what we do have, right? right. It, it, it's, it, we need both. Yeah. There is a sadness, but oftentimes there is also a tenderness and an appreciation for life that comes with it. Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche calls it the tender heart of sadness, right? Mm -hmm. That there's, we're really aware. There's oftentimes uh, we're in a place of a, a tender, slight sadness mm -hmm. of, yeah, right? And the next breath and we're letting go and that moment and then the next one. Yeah. yeah, it's an acceptance in it, I think, that comes hopefully when we're older. I think that's part of the purpose yeah. <laughs> is to help us find that acceptance. Yeah. And, and, and maybe th this is this is one of those things that we, sh we, you know, I think from an educational point of view, I mean, my I, I had this sort of sense recently. I talked to you about it, that my my son is, you know, first year of college, mm -hmm. first girlfriend, a lot of things starting to go on and thinking let's find let's find a support person now while things are good you know after coming mm -hmm. out of the you know yes, high school right. you know pandemic year and all of a sudden everything opening back up again it's very exciting for a while but i can almost just sense probably because of my work that you know there's going to be mm -hmm. a turn and not that it needs to be anything terrible but that just to have right. more more resource there and luckily he he, he talks to me a lot about things but but even so, right. like I, I would, I just want to be dad, and you know, I, I, I want somebody with a better mm -hmm. skill set, someone like you, who's able to do that. So I, you know, we, we were able to find someone for him that through, a, you know, a therapist friend of mine. But, but I think, you know, even, mm -hmm. even now that I've gone through this experience with him, as him being my, my first child, I'm th starting to think about it with my daughter too. That you know, right. maybe, maybe from an earlier age, just, I mean, there's never enough good supportive adults yes, to have in your child's right. life. And, right. and I, I just feel like this learning, and, 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 and my son even did something with a group when he was younger because he was having some emotional stuff going on. And they and a lot of what they were doing was actually identifying these these yes. emotions. And he would even say, right. you know, I, I noticed after he was, you know, meeting with this group for a couple of weeks, he would th say things like, Dad, it really frustrates me when you say. <laughs> right. But I was like, yes. "Thank you," because now I know. Because yeah. But that's right. a that's a tool that all of a sudden he, he had to use, you know. And I and right. I, so this you know these this list of things that we're talking about, I'm like, if it, even some of these, I I'm not even sure that I even have thought that much about what that actual emotion mm -hmm. is. Right, and and then right. So what the actual emotion is, and then what what does it tell us? Mm, yes. And if we can communicate that, so much is actually nonverbal communication. It's not so much what we say, but how we say it yeah. that we respond to. Right, and if if I can use that and make that explicit, I can basically step into the connection, and then I can we can be touched, so to speak, right? Yeah. We can touch each other. The emotions is what, what touches us. Mm -hmm. And then when I can see you're having a really hard time, um, then my heart opens and I want to step in and, and support you, right? Yeah. So there is a lot of, uh, if we can use the emotions as becoming closer, getting to know ourselves and each other, it's it's the it becomes a, the glue and at it, the same really time does. the color too, right? It yeah. makes things alive. You know, yeah. that's why we like events, because it makes us feel alive, right? Yeah. Whether that's weddings, it's, it's we feel something, yeah. right? Yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, what I'm noticing, too, is that we say, I feel, um, I feel when you say this, then it's like, that's not a feeling, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And that there's really something that we've forgotten a little bit how, how, to, how to actually really feel. It's like, well, that's not quite a feeling. 
you, yeah. you're making a statement, but it's, it's not a feeling. What are you actually feeling? And then I just name the basic stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm actually feeling annoyed right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Good. So notice how you know that, right? Because your body tells you I'm annoyed. Okay. What does that feel like? Yeah. Right. And then you can contact that or a lot of the time it's with um, frustration or resentment is also anger, but it's not expressed. If I can notice that I'm resentful right now, right. right, because I feel it in my body, it's like, what is that about? Oh, and then I can express it and I can do something about that. Yeah. Then it's no longer resentment. Then it's actually anger that is expressed in relationship. And it's like, okay, and then it can move. Right. Then it can dissipate, right? like, all right, don't need to hold on to that anymore. So what's your process for when you can tell there's kind of a, I I don't want to use the word repressed, but when when there's kind of a stagnant, you know, emotional state where where someone is is harboring something and they can't quite get to find a means to express it. Right. Well, and the the thing is oftentimes, like I said earlier, right, it's, it's, we might not feel it. We might just feel a little something. So um, it's easier if there is already some activity yeah. because we're always drawn to activity. Something's going on. We're more yeah. interested than right, right. if nothing's going on. Yeah. So it's it's basically going to the smallest unit, which is sensation. And to say, okay, um, what are you sensing? And can we just give space and let what whatever it is right, arise and you feel it? Right, so it's it's learning to sense actually, really yeah. sensing into yeah. it, um, because the feeling is already more. It's already the sum of the sensations, and so to go to the sensations is also helpful because it helps you tolerate that. Oftentimes, mm. right, we we don't feel it because it was so scary. Yeah, because the rage comes comes up, and I don't know what to do with it. Or the rage, I, I saw the rage between my parents and I need to shut this down because this is way too dangerous. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so if you then just look at the or just feel into the sensations, it, it helps you tolerate it. Yeah. And then over time, with the help, for example, of um, some sensation words, so do I feel tension, for example, in my arms? Yes, I really want to, you know... I can feel, feel like the pun- anger feel like inhaling. Right? I'm feeling I'm like punching something, right? And I can feel the tension in my belly and I'm fiery and hot. Mm-hmm. And so then you put them together and it's like, yeah, so you're you're really angry right now. Yeah. Okay. Right. And can we actually, so that's the other part that sometimes people have a hard time with in the beginning, but there's something that is enjoyable when we're actually fully feeling what we're feeling. It's right. enjoyable because... Um, it's almost like tasting something. It's like, yeah. I can feel something. I feel alive. Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, great. Yeah. Right? It's not bad. But but that, so over time, then to ex- expand the the ability to feel and sense things. Yeah. And then identify it. And and that energy right. that needs to move, as you were talking about earlier, like our emotions right. are our, you know, the sort of seed of energy for for a lot of things, and they motivate us, and you know, fear motivates us. Yes, and totally. Think, we think, need th- it. Th- things that you know we try to avoid, and anxiety, and yeah. those kinds of things. But but there's but there's an energy. You know, we went through this yesterday with 
my son took the his driving right, the- driving test, <laughs> and, and and like yes. you know that's there was there's a lot of there's a lot of energy going on there, and then yes. it's, and there's a part of it that's like this is good that ma- this makes us really alert. It and, makes us alert, and, exactly. And then how can we how can we identify and let some of that move through so that we're not harboring all that intense energy, you know? Yes, right, right. And that's the thing. Usually, if if let's say the fear kicks in, it's essential, right? It helps us survive. The fear is about then locating: is there something dangerous? And mm-hmm. if there is something dangerous, then I have the energy to either fight or run away. Yeah. However. If there's not, oftentimes then, right, the, we need to then allow the fear to subside again. Yeah. It's like, no, nothing going on. I'm okay. You look around, no danger. Great. Yeah. Right? But it gets us more alert, and that's important. Then we check things out, and then we see, do we need it or not? Right. Right? But, but... There's oftentimes, again, a lack of support that when we're not supported as children, we become more fearful. Again, fear itself is really a necessary emotion. It's not bad. And again, it provides us, there's oftentimes also a little bit of excitement. Mm -hmm. It gives us also courage then to do something. So it's it's more, can can we play with it? Can we be in touch with it and then see what what needs to happen here? Right? It's like riding that edge a bit. Right. Yeah. 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 That's. And is there anything that you do then, like, as going back to exercises, is there is mm-hmm. there kind of a, a like because you know my work pretty well at this point. Yes. <laughs> so right. there, there's a, there's an aspect. One of my teachers used to use this term. This is serious play. Yeah. You know, right. and there's something yes. about that 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 has always grabbed me. In that, it it what that it does is it's it's like we're here to do work. But yeah, right. but but let's also allow for just about uh-huh. anything and our imagination and anything that surfaces. Right. Like let's let's not make this necessarily just all about about us. Right. That this is sort, right. sort of like you know we're we're kind of we become casual observers to ourselves in, in a way, and then we can we can laugh about things. I mean, I've I've been in the middle right. of sessions for myself where I I realize how ridiculous I am with something, and I just can't help but laugh. <laughs> I, I mean, it can right. be in tears before that, and then all of a sudden just go into fits of laughter because yes. you because right. you see the dichotomy. Yes, and actually, when we're when we're starting to become fluid with the emotions, you'll see how quickly they change. I've done a workshop or several workshops when I was younger in my 20s with an amazing um, teacher. And she would she would help, help us get in touch through music and singing mm-hmm. with emotions. And we had this one time where we were in a circle and she would just say the emotions and all of us would feel it and express it. Mm-hmm. And we would go through them like this. Right. And so part of it is to be playful with that. Yeah. And playful meaning let's explore. It's not that serious. Yeah. Right? But we need to explore too what beliefs do we have? So a big part of mm. the exploration is if you want to start doing that on your own. So first is sensing into your body and becoming aware and identifying and then just asking yourself, what what do you have to tell me? So that's one way. The other way is to say, so what exper- what emotions were allowed in my family? which ones weren't, which ones were complicated, felt dangerous, right? And sometimes that's even joy. So a lot of families where there's not a lot of joy and where it's really difficult then 
to experience joy. It feels yeah. foreign, it feels wrong, it feels dangerous. So we need to really look at which of the emotions weren't safe because those are then a little bit more difficult to be able to access. Yeah, yeah. But and that's a good exploration. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, and I, there's something different about, about that playfulness than I think there are... St- Therapy has shifted a little bit, and, and I mean, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 25 years. You've been around right. for about the same amount of time, right? Yeah. And and we, we've seen some shifts going on, but I I I would say there's there's I don't know we're we're, we're it's getting cleaner the process compared to what I what I used to see, which was like people used to just expect a lot of drama, and even the therapists I think would really push yeah. into the drama, yes, the, the the dramatic emotions, and you know, right, get people to well, scream and, and big release, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Whereas now right. I think like, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. I think I think we can yeah. we can we can still do that and we can work with that. But you can't uh-huh. do that, you know, if we're if you're gonna have a therapist, you know, on and off for your for your entire life. Th- that you can't yes. you, that doesn't sustain you you have to start like breaking yes. this down into like something that's that's usable so is exactly. is, is that something that you've seen as well the, the, i use this all the time right and i i do think i distinguish a little bit <coughs> excuse me so gestalt therapy was very cathartic in the beginning right and there's still a place for that i think mm-hmm. if someone has held in their anger all their life oh yeah yeah for sure we want to help the person express that but in a safe way in a contactful way and oftentimes that's much easier to do in a group yeah because the group can hold that yeah there's contact right it's a little different one-on-one there's a place for that but i also think it's there's a place for working with yourself, working with each other in a way that feels safe. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's, it's, it's both, it's both needed, I think. Yeah. And that, that's, yeah. that's kind of, and, and even, even with somebody, you know, like if I, if I'm working with somebody new, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get a sense of like what their therapeutic process is and, and also yes. what the kinds of work that they've, you know, done right. is because I, I, I see some people who sometimes have been led a little bit too much by a therapist and, yes, and, and, right. you know, I, maybe, and, and they're not working with them anymore. So maybe they did hit an endpoint with, with that person, but I think they're, they're expecting something really dramatic with me then. And, and, and I think they're always right. a little, you know, surprised and not that I don't have, don't have dramatic things happen on, on my table sometimes, but. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it happens, but I think, you know, we're also not, we're not eating a meal like this. I mean, once in a while we do, right? But otherwise, we're that's, taking bites. That's that's that's, a, that's a great way to talk about it. it. Because then we can digest it. If we open up too much, and we don't have the ability to process it, it's not helpful. Right. Right, and that's why it's so important. Sometimes a group can increase that capacity, mm-hmm. but it's very often that people come from a very, you know, from a workshop where they have these big catharsis, and that's great. Yeah, and it happens in and groups, then, right? It happens in groups often, or yeah. they go on a shamanic journey, whatever they do. Yeah. And though it needs to be also integrated, and that's a little bit more like, I need to chew. Do I want to swallow this or not? Right. Okay, <laughs> right. I swallow it, uh, and then I digest it, and then I integrate it, and then I'm ready for the next thing. Yeah. So slowing down is really important, and take take smaller bites is totally fine. Again, we, we it's it's both. Mm-hmm. But I also think, you know, that that the the why I'm emphasizing emotions too is we're so often in a, caught in our narrative. Yeah. 
how we think about things, what we believe. Our mind is so good at hooking us with the thoughts. The emotions for me feel so much more accessible and, and they really do help us move forward where the yeah. mind oftentimes gets in the way. Yeah. The emotions help us. And, and this is why I get a little frustrated when I hear someone has been, when, yeah. when, when a, someone's been working with a, you know, a spiritual guide or a therapist or whoever, who is, who has projected something, you know, when right. I'm not, I, I know, I don't want to say that people, people aren't, that there aren't intuitive people out there who might be able to read a lot into yeah. someone, but, but I, I just don't think a lot of growth can happen when someone tells you mm-hmm. your truth. And exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm more interested in helping people feel more empowered because the they can too. actually relate to themselves and know what's going on versus needing someone to tell them. Yeah. Right. Sometimes that ability is actually people need someone to develop that ability. Yeah. Right. Because if you didn't get that in childhood, you can't have a connection with yourself if you haven't had someone connecting with you. Yeah. And then there, though, is a is a time to say, so these are my emotions. I'm responsible for my experience in my body. What What's going on? And so what we really need is curiosity. Right. right? And mindfulness to explore that and then make sense of it. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah. you know, as I was prepping for this and looking at your list, I was, I was just mm-hmm. thinking like, you know, meditation in, in some ways, you know, you're, 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 you're just allowing yourself to like, you know, a lot of these emotions are going to kind of move through in different waves as you're mm. even just meditating, right. wave, as you're right. doing yeah. whatever exercises are, are are meditative to you, and mm. and that the the teaching that goes on in some ways is just right there in the emotions. Yes, exactly. Right, and so paying attention is basically what helps. Right. right? If 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 I if I look at the let's say the news or something, and I want to see what is my response right now. And these days, it's usually anger, yeah. so I can just see it. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. And yeah. and and so, can I just notice that, yeah. or it's sadness? Can I be with that? Because we're impacted all the time. If we don't take time to notice how, we can't digest it. Yeah. Because emotions really help us also then to digest what's what's going on here. Yeah, right. and, 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 and then maybe even be able to identify what how you, what what yes. the purpose of that emotion is going to be for you. Like if, exactly. if if you know anger about you know racial inequity is something yes. you see popping up a lot, then maybe that means that there's a purpose there for you. That you that yes. there's an energy there, and, and maybe that's what we should be focusing on. Exactly right, because again, it's subjective, and it always depends on our experience growing up, our values, what we're interested in. What is, for example, the injustice that we're passionate about, um, and and then yeah, go with that. Use that energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that's that that you know, that's what I was. I think I, just when I look back over the the course of my journey, trying to trying to work through some of my emotions, I, I don't think I was ever given it that succinctly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, and again, this for me, it's um, it helped me so much, and, and I, I wanted to have something that people can just take a look at and say, "I'm angry. What's that about right now?" Or yeah. "I'm I'm feeling um, joy." You know? Oh yeah, that helps me connect with people. Yeah. 
right? And that helps actually create more energy so we can build something together. So that's the purpose of joy, right? Or the purpose of love. We haven't talked much about about that, Mm -hmm. but there's there's something about, again, the, the connection with other people, but also that it gives us so much energy than to create and build something beautiful together, right. whether that's art or a new company or uh, a new project in the world or a family, right, or a garden or whatever it is. But yeah. that is what carries us. And that's why it's so important to be in touch with it. It's also more fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's more fun. Right. It's more fun to feel. Yeah. And and and, and yeah. kind of going back to what you were saying before, like these – these emotions are the are the glue to these kinds of things, yeah. and, and and you know even to my uh, what, what I learned from my improv class, like I, mm-hmm. you know, I by declaring something, you know, what I yeah. want or what I need or you know what I feel to somebody else, that that off I'm offering a return. Exactly right, because otherwise you don't have relationship. Yeah, relationship is something I'm doing, saying, feeling impacts you. And then you share with me what happens for you. Yeah. And it's like playing a ball, ball game. It goes back and forth. And as soon as one of us drops it, right. it's done. Right? So right. then I was like, okay, let's pick it up again and start again. But it's it's it, that's what creates actually connection. And it seems like therapy, like talk therapy work, I mean, even even my work, even though mine's my, I'm I'm not really a talk therapist, mm-hmm. but but there's a lot of dialoguing that goes on in my work yes, where I'm, right. you know, I'm just trying to help identify certain kinds of things that people are feeling in their body. But but that you know that 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 exchange you know of of, of what we're trying to do um, is is something that we're practicing basically, right? Yes, with, with, it's with, a practice. Yeah. And so and so right. I, and, and because the, the the practice is really for having these more dynamic relationships with other people. And, you know, a a lot of times we just, maybe because of what our family dynamic was when we were younger or, you Mm -hmm. know, some, some things that, that were, you know, hurts in our, in our earlier life that we're, you know, still struggling to get past. Once we kind of are able to work on this and identify and understand how that, you know, works in, in ourselves, and, right. and and even be able to get past some of the judgment that we developed because right. of that. Now we can actually do this sharing, right? Because the, the, the judgment really is again a secondary thing, right? It's like a defense yeah. to that we've taken in from our parents, for example, to not do something or feel something. And and I do think it's a practice. It's the practice is really noticing. So yeah. the noticing where you feel something, and then also again the noticing, and to become curious. I'm watching the news right now and I don't have a reaction. Huh, what is that about? Yeah. Right? I know intellectually this is bad. I'm not feeling anything. What's going on there? Wow, I feel really numb. Okay, mm-hmm. where do I feel numb? Can I be with the numbness? And and the attention is almost like sun. The sun is melting. Whatever stuckness or frozen response there is so paying attention to is in itself enough because yeah. it will it will melt it it will it will reveal what's actually going on and then things can become again a little bit more fluid yeah and it does again doesn't have to be dramatic sometimes it is dramatic and sometimes it's just very you know organic and very you know nothing special <laughs> right, <laughs> right right can be very playful too yeah yeah and yeah. and and just giving yourself the you know the freedom 
and and I, I talk about this a lot. I've, I've talked about it on the podcast a few times too, but just giving yourself sometimes the space to allow that to happen. Yes, you know, it's sort exactly. of like people are, most people are sort of having experience with having a really stressful time period and then going on vacation and getting sick. Well, yes, part of right. that is you've just given your body an, an opportunity to yeah. process, you know, and some of it is, right. you know, emotional based. Some of it is, you know, the somatic, right. you know, aspect of, of the emotional states and the, the stress, right. you know, the, the chemical part of it too. But, but I think that's, that's one thing that we, we, sh- we, if we're, if we're better at, I mean, you know, a therapeutic session is, is that, but we, you know, we obviously, we can't pay for this every single day. So, and we don't need to, so, right? I mean, we right. hopefully we do this for each other as as friends, as partners, as yeah, siblings, that's a good reminder too. as right. We 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 can do that. It's it, the the thing is, we don't need to do anything with it. We just need to welcome what yeah. what whatever it is, and to say, yeah, this is okay. It actually can help increase the tolerance again because sometimes it's scary to do it by yourself. Yeah, but if there is someone that you can hold on to, maybe hold their hand and just say. Can you sit with me while I check in and see what's going on here? Yeah. Right? It's like we don't I I think we 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 have so many therapists, we don't have a lot of communities anymore and groups mm. of people and larger families and, and larger um groups of people who do yeah. this for each other. And I think we can definitely it's it's important to go back to that. Yeah, and that and that might be one of the changes that's gone on the last couple of years, right? Yes. Is that is that yes. Right. Be, being isolated in the in the emotions. Yes, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We need to be received. We we do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you, Karen. This is this has been great. So great. It's always so good to talk to you, Jeremy. Yeah. I'm and, also coming back coming out of this with more ideas of how to use this. So this is very exciting. Are you are you doing any writing right now or any, any anything? I know you're you're starting to to teach some groups and you're doing yeah, some couples no, I'm, work too. I'm not the biggest writer, I have to say. I'm okay. not a, it's my second language and, um, you know, writing is not, I'm, I'm more doing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. either not doing anything or then, you know, just how, how can I use it? How, how can this serve people? But maybe eventually I'll write something up. Did you, did, did you train in German at all or just, just in English? Um, I did do my social work degree in Germany, did, but okay. I, and I had a, my practicum, an internship in German, but then I did something different for a while. Um, and then I studied here. So that's where I really got into it. But right. I did my own therapy, two different kinds actually in Germany. Okay. So there is a, I have the German. So you, so you, you, you process sure. a little bit in both? I do. And sometimes, you know, what's interesting about that, that there's sometimes words, particularly feeling words that are better in German. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see right? that. Right. That's probably because, you know, it feels like there's a more variety of words yeah. or because I grew up with the word, it resonates more. It's yeah. probably a little bit of both. And then I think there's some words in English that feel much more poignant and, and helpful yeah. to use. So it's fascinating to me in terms of the, the language part as well. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. And, that, and that's yeah. one thing I try to rem- remind people of too, is that Sometimes, you know, when, when we're going through some certain emotions too, it, it's, it's not always important to identify the word because words can be yes. really hard to like identify right. things. Right. And sometimes you'll just have an, an image or even a color. Yes. I mean, so, you know, I, I find a lot yes, of people exactly. will, will just texture, identify textures yep. of right. things, right? Or that, right. like you were saying, yep. hot or cold or those kinds of things. Yeah. 
And, and yeah, and, and, and we don't <clears throat> always have to identify it either. Yeah, you can right. just feel it, right? It doesn't have to always be then this big exploration and now I need to do something with that. It's it's more the noticing. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, the, the other thing that I've noticed for myself, for example, with shame, which was a big thing for me, it would take days sometimes to get out of a shame spiral. Mm-hmm. If you start really noticing the sensation of it and not go into the storyline about it <laughs> yeah. and not replay the situation over and over again that then triggers the shame again, you're getting out of it within a few minutes, yeah. right? And, and so it's like sense it. Your body knows how to do this yeah. and allow that and, and you feel more in the flow of life. Yeah. And, yeah, and I more think- exciting. And, and I think breath work sometimes, you know, in those in yes. those moments, it, it helps right. it helps you to not get too caught up in the narrative. Sometimes, if you're just focusing, and, I, and for anybody who's yeah. listening, I did I did a, a, one of these two minute episodes a, a few weeks back about kind of resetting mm-hmm. your breath because that 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 breath is really informing your nervous system too, absolutely, and vice versa. So you know, if if you can if you can sometimes just take that you know create that space yeah. as I was talking about earlier. To just do that, to, to do that breath, that kind of lengthening breath within your system, it actually moves yes. the you know the energy of those emotions too, and a lot of times totally that, right, and they yeah, and they do have also their own pattern, right? So fear is oftentimes <gasps> right, 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 yeah. or or anger is like <gasps> we're fuming, right? right? So there is there is that own pattern, and so again to notice it. And you can lengthen it a little bit and just see, okay, ooh, what's going on right now, yeah. right? And and then practice becoming aware and witnessing. Yeah. What's going on? And I, th- and I think once, what, and I, th- I mean, in, in my practice anyways, when I, as I go through these kinds of things and I've been through some pretty rough periods in my life where I feel like mm-hmm. I have to just let myself go through the emotion. Yeah. As I was saying, like that that sort of melancholy thing that I just re, re, yeah. you know, reconnected with, right. realizing that like it actually feels good to just kind of have it go yes. through with right. the, whatever the sense is, whether it's warmth yes. or, you know. Right, my, exactly. My, my, That's my, the enjoyable part. Yeah, <laughs> It is, right. right? It is, yeah. Even if it doesn't feel so good at yeah. times, there's something really... Yeah. Yeah, and, and something joyful is often on the other side of it too, because you because you you were able exactly. to sort of, you know, there's there's a there's an empowerment piece of of getting yes. through what we, we would consider a challenge like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, mm. We could we could go on for hours. Karen. I know. I, I was just thinking <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, and and I really appreciate you and 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 taking oh. the time to do this for everyone. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It's so beautiful what you're doing in the world you know individually and then for the bigger bigger group of people doing what i can thank you yeah (laughs) right all right thanks guys you're welcome great to see you karen biden mueller folks So many great reminders in this conversation. The one that's been sticking with me is that our family, friends, and community are also our therapeutic partners. And sharing our feelings allows us to live more connected with each other and creates the possibility for the full wide range of emotional experiences available to us. I was also hit with the idea listening back that our emotions are also our teachers and that it's important to create time and space to get to know them, listen, and learn from them. 
and that meditation, the arts, music, writing, and sharing experiences together are all ways to do this. Let me know what you thought of this topic in conversation. Hit me up through the contact page of our website, highway2.health. I always love hearing from you. Thanks for listening and for all that you do. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and take care of your planet. Be well, my friends. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.